Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov, Beyond the Story. In the last episode, we discuss how Shimon HaTzadik, wearing the Big De Kehuna and portraying himself as one worthy of wearing Big De Kehuna was enough to impress upon Alexander the Great that such a man is a tzaddik and he shall do no harm to him. In this episode... I'd like to continue with another story that happened with Ravuna Barnasan and a king. The story is mentioned in Maseches Vachim, Dafyud Beis, Amud Beis. The message of this story definitely coincides with Yud Beis Tammuz, Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz, that we have just celebrated. Amar Ravashi says the following story. Amar Liuna Barnasan, Huna Barnasan told me that Zimna Chada Havoka Amina Kameh Deizgedir Malka. One time he has been, Ravuna says, one time I was summoned to come to see the, the, the king, Izgadir Malka, the king of Paras, the king of Persia. Vehavo Medali Lehamainai. And my, my um, belt was actually too high. It wasn't in the right place. And the king came down of his throne. He bent down to fix my gatl, to put it straight in the right place, so I should look good. And the king tells me, is Gedir Malka, by the way, the king is Gedir Malka, was the king of Paras, in the time of when the Chachamim were in Bavel, at the time of the riding of the Shas. And his mother had told him to always be good to the Chachamim, be good to the Jews and learn from the Chachamim. So this king has learned Torah. And he knew it was, it was good to the Jews. And, uh, you know, they lived in a relatively safe and uh, safety and tranquility. So he tells him, the king tells Ravuna, It is written about you that you are, it is written in the Torah that you are called a nation of Kayanim, a holy nation. That means what? That means not only the Kayanim should have the gatla at the right place, but every Jew should be dressed like, a, like the Kayanim. Being mindful of where the gatl is. So that's why I fixed it that you gatl should be at the right place. Ravuna continues to say, when I came in front of Amimar and I told him the story, Amimar was the Resh Galusa. Resh Galusa is the equivalent of the Nasi in Bavel. Just like in Eretz Yisrael there was a Nasi, so there was in Bavel as well. The difference is that the Nasi was, you know, the head of the Sanhedrin and so on. The Resh Galusa. But, so, there was the Avbe, in the Ritzisrol, there was the Avbeizdin and the Nasi. With the Avbeizdin and the Nasi, the Avbeizdin was only dealing with Inyanim Taftudu with Sanhedrin. The Nasi will be the number 71 in the Sanhedrin, which means that if there is an unequal vote, he will be the one who is Machia, who is the one who is going to be the, the one, you know, if it's 35 against 35, he'll be the one decisive vote. But he's the Nasi's 
responsibilities were also political to deal with the governments and so on. The, the Resh Galusa was only a political position. So this is Amimar, someone who has a connection to Isgadir Malka because he's the Jewish representative, you know, in the court of the king. So Ravuna comes to tell Amimar the story. You know, you'll find it interesting because you have to do with the king, right? So Amimar told him, Amarli, Iskayem Becha Vehayu Malachim Omnaich. That pasuk in Yeshaya that says that when Mashiach will come, the kings will be your servants, was already accomplished by you. Meaning that those giluim that normally normal people will only be able to see when Mashiach will come, that kings will serve us, by you it already happened. The king served you. Now, <clears throat> the question, of course, will be, what question would you ask me now? If you're supposed to go to the king, what would you do? Look presentable. Look presentable. So, come Ravuna did not check himself in advance of going to the king. Okay. But if that's where he put it and it was in the wrong place, why did he let it there? Okay. Testing the king? Let's see. Okay, let's see what happens. And secondly, once he's standing there and the king, you know, bends over to fix him, what would you do? You said, yeah. You say, it's okay, your majesty, allow me to fix myself. You know. So at first, why didn't he check himself in the first place before going in? And how did he allow the king? After all, you know, it seems to be disrespectful. To understand this, we first have to talk about what is really the difference between when Mashiach will come and the kings will serve you, and now, during the time of Galus, in which not only the kings don't serve you, but if you need something from the government, you have to go and beg for a toiva, for a favor, that the minister should allow to give you funding for your yeshiva, that you should have some, you know, some money to cover it, and so on. The difference is that there is no difference. It's only the way we perceive it, the way we see it. Golus is a time of darkness of Cheshech. So we don't see things for what they are. We see things for what they appear to be. When Mashiach will come and there will be Giluim, in which the true reality of the world will be revealed. Not necessarily going to be a new reality, but the true reality will be revealed. In other words, the Pasuk tells us the Torah begins with Bereshis Bara Elokim. And right away the Mephashim are telling us Bereshis Beis Reshis. There is two Reshis. The world was created for the two things that have been called Reshis, beginning. Bishvil HaToyre Shenikrez Reshis, Bishvil Yisrael Shenikru Reshis. 
the world has been created for the Torah that has been called Reishis and for the Jews that have been called Reishis. What does it mean? The whole purpose of creation is for Yidden to practice the Torah. Everything that has been created is there for this purpose. Every item you encounter, everything come in contact with, Really, his true purpose why he was created is for you to serve Hashem, to do a mitzvah, to learn Torah, and so on. Even the things that are not allowed. That you're serving Hashem by removing yourself from it. Or, in certain cases, by transforming it into something positive. And this is definitely our tachlis of every Jew. To make this world, the dir al-Isbarich, Transforming this world, the Gashmis of this world, into a place that is befitting for godly revelation. But this is also the true Tachlis of Goim as well. That Goim as well are supposed to serve Hashem by Beimikaim, Shamsas Noyach, but moreover, help Yidden practice Torah mitzvahs. The Mittler Rebbe says something that is very um, controversial. He explains the Pasuk in Hashem sets up the boundaries of nations according to the number of Jews. And he explains what does that mean? It means that the boundaries and the economy of every country will depend on how many Jews live there. If there are a lot of Jews in a country, the economy will be good and the influence of that country will be strong. And once the Jews leave the country, the economy goes down. And he says that historically, it has been like this. All the way back from Mitzrayim, it was a superpower. To Malchus Achashverosh. Spain, and more recently, Tavshin there was a Kinus Ashluchim of Europe in Moscow, and the Rebbe said that the Soviet Union used to be a superpower, and America was the other superpower. There were two superpowers in the world. Strong economies, strong armies, and strong influence on the politics of the world, in different parts of the world. And then Yidin left in masses from the Soviet Union. When the Soviet Union broke apart into the Russian Federation and the other states that there is today. And suddenly there is no more. The Soviets as the great power that it used to be. Speaking, we could say that in history, when Yidden leave a country, there goes also the superpower status of that country. Why is it so? The Middle Arab explains very simply why. Being that everything that is created is for the sake of the Yidden. To make it possible for Yidin to serve Hashem and to learn Torah. So if there is a lot of Yidin in a country, that country needs to have a lot of money. 
so the yeshivas could, could, could work and the yidin could do Torah mitzvahs properly. There is no yidin anymore, so then, you know, what's the use? But because of Cheshach HaGalus, that is blurred. And we have the impression that when a guy, when a government, when a minister is writing a check to support the yeshiva, he's doing you a big favor. And we sometimes make the mistake of approaching it as such, asking government for a favor to help support the yeshiva. When in fact, the Rebbe says that by doing, signing these checks, this ministry is fulfilling his very purpose of existing. Had he not do this, he had no reason to exist. But uh, again, Chayshech of Galus gives us the impression that this is not the way it is. As many other things. Tzadikim, who are not <coughs> affected by Galus, are able to see and recognize that true reality, even now, even in Galus. Ravuna was such a person. By him it was Begilui. By him, he was able to see already that the true tachlis of a king is to serve him. Even before Mashiach comes. But until then, he knows this is the tachlis. The king, as I mentioned, was also a learned man who realized by seeing Ravuna, very similar to what we discussed last week, Alexander seeing Shimon Atzadik, Wearing his big de kehuna. So over here is Ravuna without wearing his big de kehuna, but being portraying himself as a Mamleches Koyanim Vegoy Kadosh. He shows himself as a holy man. So right away the king realizes that his Tachlis is to go help him. And the truth. is that being that both knew that this was, was supposed to be happening, he didn't stop him from fixing him. But moreover, we could say that this is once he got in to the king's chambers, so he's not going to stop him because he realized, yeah, that's the tachlis of the king. But while he didn't fix himself. So this I want to bring you back to a story of Moshe Rabbeinu and Pinchas. When Zimri did what he did, Moshe went, uh, Pinchas went to Moshe and says, Rebbe, what is the din? Moshe said, I forgot. Not me, that's what Moshe said. I forgot. So Pinchas tells him, didn't you teach us Kanaim Poigim boy? Moshe said, oh yeah, you're right. Now you remember it, so you go and do it. The Mepharshim are saying, how could Moshe forget? Hashem made him forget. Hashem made him forget just so Pinchas will get the schus of becoming a Kayan. 
wait a second. Pinchas' father was a Kayan, his grandfather was a Kayan. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron a Kayan, how come he wasn't a Kayan? Because he was born after the anointment. He, he missed it. He was born before, sorry, he was born before Aaron Elazar were anointed as Kayanim. So then he, was, he wasn't anointed, he wasn't a Kayan. But he was such a tzaddik that he deserved to be a Kayan, but he needed a special schus to become a Kayan. So the Eivishter made Moshe forget. Just so Pinchas will remember. And thereby will get the schus to be a Kayan. For him and his descendants. Loyal In the same way, Hashem made Ravuna oblivious to his appearance when he went to the king. So Ravuna will have the opportunity to be served by the king. That had to come begilui. Ayom lachimam naich will be begilui and Mashiach will come for everybody. But for tzaddikim who are not affected by Golus, they see it already now. But how could we have it expressed begilui? Hashem made Ravuna come in in a way in which his belt wasn't at the right place. And that revealed, that triggered the Gilui of a king serving him. And the Meira, the Meira for all of us is that sometimes we deal with, sometimes we deal with Gaim, Gaisha government. We shouldn't go with the impression that we could be, because they're doing us a favor by giving us support, we should therefore compromise on our status of Mamleches Kainim Vegai Kaddish. We should not be impressed or swayed by the Gaishkeit around us. Because most of us will never have to deal with the government or with the king, right? But this message applies to all of us. So the message to all of us is, just like I was telling you last year, last week, that when it comes to Shimon Atzadik, is Dafke because he was wearing big Dekeuna that he got the respect, the honor of Alexander the Great. The same over here. Just because Ravuna was an obvious part of the Mamleches Kayani Vegoy Kodesh, that is Gidir Malka felt that he needs to serve him. So instead of trying to adapt to the norm, to the culture, to the trends that is around us in order to fit in and gain respect. The opposite is true. You will gain more respect by standing strong on your convictions and by constantly showing yourself as a mamleches kayani v'goy kodesh. So the king knew that his tachlis is to help Yidin and yet... He didn't go up and down Kingston Avenue fixing everybody's gato, right? Ravuna came in and he saw him as such and he fixed his gato. Why? 
He said, It is written about you, The king was able to tell by looking at Ravuna that he was He was part of that Goy Kaddish. And that in itself warrants or calls for him as the king to help him. If someone, all he has is the gaiva of, you know, saying, technically, you get, you're here to serve me, obviously is not going to get the respect from the king either. The point is not to say we are so much greater and everybody is here to serve us. The point is actually to impress upon us the great responsibility that we have. When we are supposed to be, uh, you know, we're supposed to be a shining light for the world by telling them and showing them the right way of behaving, arrogance is definitely a oil that, that will shine to anybody. But it's important to know the end game. You know, what is the game plan? The game plan is we are given the Torah we are given the Torah to refine this world. And it is up to us. We are the ones who could do it. Why? Because we are Mamleches Kayani Vegay Kaddish. Our whole entire Tachlis is to serve the Ebishter. And as I mentioned before, even Begashmias, even our Gashmizdike, our Gashmizdike needs as eating and so on, our digestive system is to be in control of our heart, our lungs, our brains, the upper part of our body. Which means that by being aware in the way you behave, even amongst the world, that it's always in a way in which you are an obvious part of having that tachlis in mind, refine the world, and it is up to you to do it. You need to know that. And it's not, it's not meant to make you arrogant. It's meant to remind you of your position and your responsibilities. And moreover, it's meant to inform you of the winning strategy. You have to bring about the giluim that will come when Mashiach will come. And the way you'll win, the way you'll succeed in this, is by behaving in such a way. If I could just put it in my sebepayel, because sometimes, you know, we bring very lofty ideas and they, they, um, sound, they sound good, but then how do you apply them in your daily life? You know, so I just want to share with you, I want to share with you a story um, that I like to repeat Something that happened over 25 years ago. I was once traveling from uh, Paris to Geneva. I was uh, brought, I, I lived, uh, didn't live there anymore, but I was brought down by Shliach in Geneva for a conference. They had a, a day of learning in which there were a number of conferences going on and so on. So it was a Sunday. So I went from, from New York to Paris for Shabbos. And then Sunday morning I took an early train. Uh, to go to Geneva, along with eight Bachim from the Yeshiva, from Brunois, 
who were also going to learn with some people, and the Rosh Hashiva, who was going to make a, a conference as well, or a pilpul. Um, now, there is a very fast train in, in, in Europe that, that goes like three times faster than a regular train. And you come in, you're supposed to have a ticket with a seat, and that's where you're supposed to sit. You can't just walk into the train like other trains. There's a reservations and so on. And of course, there is a, a conductor, as we call in France, a controller, who comes to check that you take have the ticket or else you could get a fine. Now, you know, in, those of us who come from Europe know that you have a lot of respect for this controller because he could give you a ticket, could give you a fine, could take you off the, the train. This guy wanted to be a cop, but he never made it. So he put on a uniform and a, and a casket and so on, and he has authority and he could, you know. So we're very aware, you have your ticket with you, you know where it's at, you give him as soon as he comes. If he needs ID, you have the ID ready. Anyways, but what happens when uh, eight Bachim, a shliach from America and the Rosh Hashiva, that makes ten people. What do they do, ten people, ten Jews early in the morning in a train? They're going to dive in shachis with a minion, you know, and block an aisle and... Annoy everyone, but you know, so okay, we're going to try to find a nice quiet corner. So we go to the beginning of the wagon in which there's nobody walks in and out. It's the end of the wagon. The only person who walks in and out between wagon to wagon is this controller, the conductor who comes to check on the ticket. And I knew that because I'm from there. So I had my ticket ready in my right pocket because my left pocket is behind my back because I might fill in on, right? So when he comes in, I'm ready to go like this. The other guys didn't think of that. Yet, we're in the middle of davening, the controller comes in, uh, comes out from the other wagon, the first guy he hits is the chazan, who's standing <laughs> in front of everyone. And he goes and he says, what ticket, you pay, you ticket, you know, with all the starkeit. And the Bach is holding the sidder and he looks at him and he says, like he's saying the words of davening, showing him on the sidder, like, what do you want from me? Like, I'm davening. And I'm standing in the back and say, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's in. You know, like, ah, fine. <laughs> but what happened next was shocking. This guy walk, walks back and said, oh, I'm sorry, je m'excuse, je m'excuse. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Walked away, went the other side. He did the rest of the train. Comes back 10, 15 minutes later. And of course, I'm the back, I'm the last one. So he comes to me first, and I've learned the courage of this young Bacher teaching me a lesson. I had my ticket right here, but mm, he told me. So he comes to me, says, uh, ticket? Says, oh, I can't. I show him my sitter. <laughs> the guy walks away. A little while later, he comes back. We're all sitting around. You know, we're learning, talking to each other. So he hesitates because we're still swaying like this, you know. So he's saying... Uh, can I now ask, please? For, yeah, sure. Everybody give him the ticket. Punched everybody's ticket. He went, went away. It's a, it's a banal story. No big deal to it. Only that the message that I learned from this is something very similar to what's happening over here. Yidena davening. What's so bad to take out your ticket and show him so, so the guy is not going to be upset with you? You know what? You're in the middle of davening. You don't deal with nobody else. And you show that that's what you're doing. And you, you mean it with anemis. Not with arrogance or because you're trying to make a point. You are serving the Ebishter. And there is nothing else. And the God comes and he sees that and he respects it. And he respects it 
and he respects you for it. And this is something that we have to keep in mind in our daily life. Because it is not always in a train, it is not always in front of a king. But it is with the pressure that we get from the trends around us, the Goishkite around us. To know to stand up to it. And to say, that's the way I dress. And I'm not going to be dragged with whatever the world around me wants to do. Because I am Mamleches Koyanim Vegoy Kodesh. That's the way I behave. And this is my belief. And with this, you get, as I mentioned, not only the respect from the people around you, but also any help that you would need to fulfill your tachlis, to make this world a dir al-Yisbarech. As I mentioned before, the message of this story is very much linked to the overall message of all the events surrounding Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz. As a matter of fact, Behemoth mentioned that the Geula of Yud Beis Tammuz was entirely Lemala Mitrechateva. It was Melubash Beteva. It appeared to be political pressure applied from all over the world to free a Jewish leader. But nonetheless, we could see that in every step, from the arrest to the imprisonment to the Golus, to the freedom, was all full, full of indications that this was entirely the Malamiter Chateva. Debbie gives one example. One of the first days when the Felix Eber was in prison, the officials came to take a picture. Now, you know, in those days, taking a picture wasn't just like flipping your phone out and, and snapping it in a second. It meant two, three people had to come carrying very heavy, heavy machinery. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of work. And yet they came to his cell to take the picture and they found him that he was davening. The Abbas says it was a Shabbos. Felix Abbas was over his head. They came and with all the equipment and they saw that he was davening. They didn't disturb him. They went away. They came back an hour or two later and he was still davening. This time the talis wasn't over his head, but the talis was already, were able to see his face. So the Philippians saw them coming and he waved them off with his hand because he was davening. So, they went away. An hour or two later, they came back and they asked, no, now that you finished davening, we could take a picture? He said, absolutely not. Today is Shabbos. Not going to take the picture. I disagree. I will not take the picture today. And they left him alone. Came back later. Of course, there were events in which they were very harsh with him. But stories as this last one, and there were many, are showing that not only it was that they arrested him for being a, a leader who was unyielding um, and no compromise when it comes to the practice of Torah mitzvahs and the spreading of Torah mitzvahs, and yet they're cutting him some slacks, dafke because at the moment that he's practicing these very things for which he was arrested. That is the Malamidah Chateva. But how did it happen? 
How did it happen? The Rebbe explains because the Fidike Rebbe showed tremendous strength and tkifis. He did not sway. He did not bend to the pressure. But he stood strong and proud of his Yiddishkeit and the way he's practicing it. And with this alone, in a way that is as a consequence, they knew that they had to leave him, leave him, leave him alone, let him be. As I was mentioning in the story in the train before, this is a message for us. We will get what we need to get done dafke and more easily if we are going to proudly stand our ground when it comes to Torah mitzvahs. And with this, we'll be zoiche to finally have the ultimate geula in which Vayim Lachimam Naich will come to be begashmiyas.